Angie for breakfast. And I love talking to this guy. We know and love him as one of the newer generation judges on MasterChef, Jock Zonfrillo. You might not know all about his past, though. He's a fascinating human, the kind of human that you just wish he wrote a book, and he did. <laughs> Jock, good morning. <laughs> good morning. How are you? Yeah, good. Now, let's we'll talk about the book because I really want to get into that. But MasterChef, fans and faves. Another cracking season, just pushing boundaries on food. My God, the diversity is insane. You even had a celiac this year. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> and, you know, Melanie, was she was fantastic, and, and she did so well on the, on the show. And, you know, celiac disease is, is you know, it's a, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to live with, and, and obviously anyone that's suffering from that disease has got some, some serious challenges daily, you know what I mean? And the fact that... She was able to cook the way she did in the MasterChef kitchen without banning an eyelid. It was unbelievable. I'll tell you what, her shoe recipe um, is just as good as a normal shoe recipe. It's unbelievable. Well, that's it. And, like, I, I, I'm still undiagnosed celiac because I can't get diagnosed because you have to eat gluten for six weeks and I can't because I'll die. Oh so, goodness. like, I'm, I'm in a whole pile that of mess must, here. So, you know, it's so hard, right? <laughs> eh, look, you know... Well, thanks to the hipsters who all got on the bandwagon of gluten-free, there's a lot more options. And yes, people, that's true. People that, that you. People that cook, like, beautiful, basic, um, tasty food. And you, and you know what? It also helps people spot a good restaurant because if the sauces are gluten-free, it means they're not putting flour in as filler. And that's my little secret tip. So I'm not actually wow. complaining. No, I think it's good. I think that whole... That whole new hipster trend, like you say, is probably <laughs> a welcome, a welcome thing for you guys. Um, something that's welcomed is your book. So you wanted to launch it last year and do a big old book tour. You finally got to do it this year. Um, I'm going to read you the blurb that was the first one that came up on Google because I always think that that's an interesting take on things. Go on, then. Coming of age, memoir of addiction, ambition, and redemption. Jesus, Jock, when's the movie coming? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a lot of talk about that, so which is highly embarrassing. Look, the books <laughs> there's there's a lot of for me there's a lot of shame in the book. There's a lot of stuff in there that I'm not that proud of. Um, I don't regret anything because I don't think you should regret anything in your life. Otherwise, you're you're in for a, a torrid time inside your head. But um, there's definitely a lot of things that I carry a fair bit of shame. And I think everyone said to me. Oh, you know, it must have been a, a cathartic experience. You know, you're going to write your book. It's all out there and you can just, you know, you, you, it's going to be like a weight off your shoulders. And I think I was waiting for this cathartic experience in a way to be off my shoulders, but I've still got just as much shame as I did before it came out. Oh, Jock, shame's, shame's a bastard. And I'm so sorry you're wrestling with the beast. And I know we all do in our lives to some extent or another with decisions that we've made or things that, you know, we, all of us have had that yeah. night where you're lying in bed going, oh, why did I say that to that one person who I've never spoken to again 15 years ago? Um, yeah. But the, the shame and the stigma that d does come from addiction, it's, it's, it needs to get in the bin. Um, yeah. We need to change our views around it. Uh, you shouldn't feel shame. You should feel other things you should feel like a conqueror yeah, I because... know. and I think I think there's two there's two things in the book that I talk about obviously there's, there's an addiction and then and then getting getting clean you know I had the last shot of heroin in, in, in the toilets at Heathrow Airport in New Year's Eve 1999 and I've been clean since but the other the other thing that you know obviously that addiction had a big impact in my life but 
the other thing that had a probably even more damage um, in my life was um, was an obsession, like obsession with food. And in a way, I don't think I could have conquered the addiction without the obsession, but at the same time, I think the obsession has actually done more damage over the years uh, with mental health and, and the, the, the relationship carnage and friendships and marriage and all the rest of it that that obsession um, had is, is quite significant. So I talk a lot about that in the book and still struggling with a bit of mental health and, and um, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's nice to put it out there. I've got four kids and I've always been honest with them. So it's um, at the end of the day, like I say, getting your, put your truth down in black and white out there. Oh, I mean, that's a lot, isn't it? And to, to have the balls to come out and just talk about it like that, it's Men's Mental Health Week. And, mm-hmm. you know, what what a perfect way to, to bring it up and talk about it. I've been seeing quite recently on these, like, really big, badass-looking four-wheel drives on the back windows, a hashtag, it ain't weak to speak. And yeah, nice. I do know that the conversation is changing. When people yeah. like yourself get out and have the courage to be that raw and vulnerable, it changes people's lives. We're talking here this morning. You know, radio, it's very personal. It's very intimate. You know, I'm hanging out with people every day. And we're yeah. talking to people this morning who are suffering with serious addictions and mental health problems right now. What would you yeah. want them to know, given your the journey that you've had and the fact that you've got that high profile about it? Well, the, on one of the book signings the other night, we had um, there, there was a, a young kid in his early twenties come up and, and started talking to me, and he'd, he'd been a heroin addict for two two years, and he'd been to rehab, and he tried different therapies, and and uh, and and he he just couldn't 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 get clean. Rehab wasn't working for him, um, and he just couldn't relate to what they were saying. He couldn't find his way out of it, and then. Someone bought him my book and he read it and he said to me, he goes, I, I, I just didn't, I, I, it was the first time that I, that I understood what I was going through and, and you described it in, in a way that helped me get clean. And so this kid had been clean two months um, after he read the book and it changed the way he thought about his addiction and himself and his self-worth and stuff like that. And next to him was a guy and I didn't realise it was actually his dad. And his dad chimed in and said, after he read the book, I read the book. And for the first time in years, I've, I've, got, I've been able to understand my son. And I've been able to relate to him in a, in a completely different way and understand what he's going through. So to have that kind of impact with the book has, has been amazing. And we got a lot of emails and a lot of DMs online with, with people that are struggling with, with mental health and addictions and obsession, obsessive compulsive disorders and stuff like, that, like I have. But it was the first time I'd actually met someone face to face with with that story. So it was like I got a bit teary. It was, you know, it was really it was incredible. Jeez, mate. And and with the food obsession side of it, how difficult is it for you to still have a lot of your? Well, I don't know if you. It's hard not to associate identity with your personality when it's wrapped up with your job and it's so intense, like it is with MasterChef. How do you go separating all of that whilst being conscious that, you know, being around and obsessed with food affects your mental health? Look, I'm, the thing about it is, and I write about it in the book, is I, I know I, I have an obsession, and I, I know I know that my obsession with food will always be there, you know, and it's it's my job. I love it. I cook for my family and my friends every day, and. And so I, I'm not about to not have a food obsession, but what I am aware of is 
the side effects of that and, and how it impacts the people around me. So I, I've got sort of tells in my behaviour patterns that, that tell me when I'm starting to spiral a little bit and doing weird weird stuff that, that's not great for my family life or friendships and stuff like that. So I think understanding it is, is key. It's the most important thing because it will, ultimately it will help you deal with it. And I think mental health, it's not so much about, you know, there's, there's some magic cure and you're going to be fine next week, next year. It's more about identifying what it is and how, how you, your behavior patterns change when it happens, like when you're in the thick of it and then dealing with it that way. So, yeah, there's a big, I talk about it a fair bit in the book and I think that's why it's had a lot of impact for people, which is, which is amazing. It's called The Last Shot. It's Jogs on Frillo. You can catch him on MasterChef, which is getting to the pointy end of the competition. Yeah. Um, but Jock, just personally, it's a pretty personal conversation to have in a radio situation, but... Um, uh, I had I had a bit of a week last week, and you know you cracked me up this morning because normally when when people like you call through, there's a publicist a publicist that you know comes in between. But I answer the phone. Yeah, I'm except- get, I'll, I'll get into trouble in a minute <laughs> because I told you direct. You what? <laughs> um, but it was you straight away. And I'm like, oh, morning, Triple M, you speaking. You're like, hey, it's Jock, and I, it cracked me up. And you know, just those little bits of genuine human connection and things in this crazy world Amazing. sometimes. You've actually absolutely made my day. Thanks for your vulnerability oh, and great. thanks for the it's chat, mate. It's lovely to talk to you. Angie for breakfast.